Welcome to Raw and Real. I'm Megan Casey Loftus. And I'm Samantha Jenkins. Working in the fashion industry can often seem materialistic and shallow. On Raw and Real, we shut down those stereotypes and dive into the discussion surrounding job opportunities, both creative and business within the fashion world. There are so many unknown aspects to the fashion industry and the entrepreneurial world that we will uncover through interviewing fashion industry leaders, serial entrepreneurs, and girls just like us. Good morning, everyone. It is Sunday morning on September 27th. It's a crisp, cool morning in New York City. We just went outside for a quick walk and did a Melissa Wood Health flow on my rooftop. I made myself a delicious cup of hot coffee. I'm drinking some water. And my roommate actually made pumpkin cinnamon rolls from Trader Joe's that I can't wait to try. Um, It's Megan, by the way, if you can't tell. I wanted to sit down and record a quick episode this morning as a recap to what was happening last week in New York for spring 2021 New York Fashion Week. If you're not familiar with how the fashion calendar runs, most designers show clothing at Fashion Week for upcoming seasons. So even though it's currently fall 2020, designers are expected to present a collection that showcases trends and pieces for spring 2021. So in a couple months from now. That being said, this was anything but a typical Fashion Week as you can imagine. With COVID-19 still spreading across our country and around the world, there was very little glitz and glam. There was close to no events, very few live shows or red carpets, anything like that. Social distancing and small gatherings with face coverings were allowed as they were the only sensible option, truly, and no one was traveling. No buyers, influencers, creative directors coming to or from Europe. Um, So it was very different in New York. There was not so much a typical hustle and bustle um, of anyone running around Soho or to and from Spring Studios. I kind of wanted to just do a little recap of shows that we did see and all that and then later into the episode get into what I've been focusing on in the fashion industry and in the world at large this past two weeks um, specifically. So first, New York Fashion Week Spring 2021. Let's do a little recap. The One of the only live shows was Jason Wu. He opened with a true runway show on top of Spring Studios, which is normally where Fashion Week occurs inside. He only had 36 people. Obviously, people were six feet apart when they were sitting to see the collection. There was, you know, thermometers at the door, everything that seems like our new normal right now. What I did think was interesting was the theme of his show was escapism, which I just thought was kind of ironic. So there was a lot of patterns and loose resort type silhouettes. He had these um, sandals on most of the models that looked like those Choco Sertivas. You know, most people aren't traveling to go on vacation right now. So this theme of escapism was very fairy tale esque Another live show that happened was Christian Siriano. I loved this show. Not only was it beautiful gowns, typical of Christian, but it took place at his 
amazing home in Connecticut in the garden outside. I mean, it was just gorgeous. And in the height of the pandemic, it really created a true escape from the city for the people that were invited. So as he was one of the designers that was very vocal at the start of the pandemic, both with creating face masks very quickly and just how strong a stance he took on it. I was actually surprised he did a live show, but again, it was outside. It obeyed all social distancing guidelines and things like that. But yeah, and he did, like I said, he was one of the designers. He made like 8,000 plus masks for New York hospitals back in like March when things were really crazy and hospitals were overwhelmed. The gowns were beautiful as always, and he definitely had political messages in there to go and vote, which we love. Rebecca Minkoff had a live show, again, on top of Spring Studios. Um, Mons also had one, but no one truly had, you know, a very, as grand as it got was Christian Siriano and his beautiful garden. I think, if I'm correct, Chanel and... Louis Vuitton also are doing live shows, but obviously that will take place in Paris. So that will be in October because this is fashion month. So that could take place as late as October 6th, I believe is the last day of fashion week. So yeah, in terms of New York fashion week, there's not much to talk about from IRL standpoint. However, obviously many designers did different types of events or virtual activations. Marc Jacobs, for example, did a drive-in movie theater at Greenpoint in Greenpoint <clears throat> in Brooklyn. We invited celebrities and influencers and people in the industry to come and watch 90s movies inspired um, through our Heaven collection that I mentioned on our last Life Update episode. So people came in their cars and kind of stayed to themselves and watched these movies over the big screen in Greenpoint. It's just been a very different fashion week. Um, But, you know, I don't necessarily think it's, I think it's sad and it does take away a lot of the glitz and the glam, like I was saying, but I think that fashion does need to slow down and hopefully designers take this as a time to rethink their go forward plan. Um, While I'm glad that I'm able to cover New York Fashion Week slightly and we'll post more of like some of the virtual shows on the Instagram so you guys can check that out. I do think it's important and it would feel inauthentic to not share how I'm feeling about the fashion industry at this moment. Peaceful protests have erupted across New York City and the nation after the grand jury decision in Kentucky regarding Breonna Taylor's case. And at the end of last week, I watched the New York Times How Fashion is Meeting the Moment panel with Gwyneth Paltrow, Virgil Abloh, Tori Birch, and Antoine Arnault, who's the CEO of Berluti. And then early this week, I followed the Good Morning Vogue series on YouTube, which was titled How the Fashion Industry Needs to Change. And both sets of these videos covered a wide variety of topics from climate change, the industry in a pandemic-stricken world, and how fashion has reacted to the Black Lives Matter movement. I encourage everyone interested in fashion to watch these videos on YouTube. Um, I will share... I'm trying to find my notebook. I will share some of my key takeaways today. However, I think obviously those are the names I just listed are people who have been in the industry for many years and 
have a wide variety of experiences across, you know, fashion, beauty, wellness, etc. And I think it would be important for you to listen to those as well if you're into fashion. So in terms of key takeaways for like what these people are talking about, you know, Anna Wintour was featured in the Good Morning Vogue series and she went on to say how the fashion industry, the old way we did fashion was bloated and there was, you know, traveling for these shows caused a lot of people to come in large numbers from Europe to New York and back to New York and back to Europe and vice versa. And there was so much money spent and travel and time and really to just use this fashion week as a time of reflection and realize that fashion is not over. We will always need clothes. We we will always need to wake up and get dressed in the morning and there will always be people, whether you're working from home or not for the rest of your life, there will always be people that want to get up and get dressed and express themselves in that manner. So while this is a time of reflection and a time for change and while this New York Fashion Week felt anything but exciting, we will emerge stronger and better. Um, Another individual who was interviewed in the How the Fashion Industry Needs to Change YouTube series from Good Morning Vogue was Tom Ford. And he talked a lot about the speed of the industry and how, you know, how it's just kind of explaining the fashion calendar at the start of this episode and how we project and expect these designers to create pieces months and months in advance and how we make so much of it that it feels disposable. So maybe in this time of reflection, we as consumers and designers or people in the industry can really take fashion back to a time when it was such a piece of art and you know how Kenzie and I talked about in our last episode how it, there's so much craftsmanship that goes behind so much designer goods and how the idea of fast fashion has made things so disposable, but really returning to our roots and making sure that fashion gets back to a place of self-expression and a form of art. I mean, I would say across the board, everyone agreed this is a great time for the industry to pause and gather itself and take a harder look at most aspects of it. Like we were saying, climate change and our lack of sustainability and, you know, and, and And in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement, taking a harder look at people on the runway, but people in corporate offices. And does the face that we portray on our Instagram match the people sitting at the desks and in the boardrooms? And look at that imbalanced representation of people across the company. We also, the Vogue series also interviewed Aurora James And she talked about people's consumption will match their values moving forward. I really liked this. She talked about how buying something is actually a form of power transaction. So likes on Instagram is a form of a power transaction. Money is a form of power transaction. And consumers, people in our generation are really looking to support brands that align on their values. So me as a young woman who has very strong opinions on a lot of things in our culture right now. I'm going to support brands that support LGBTQ individuals and the community and who have said Black Lives Matter and who have shown in their companies that they not only are just saying that to save face, but that they have 
always been an example of diversifying their corporation. It's true. People's consumption will match their values going forward. And I think now more than ever, it's very easy to ensure that you're spending your money in the right places. I um, also learned of a few new people in the fashion industry through watching these Vogue series. The company Your Friend in New York, founded by Kirby Jean Raymond, Jean, Jean Raymond. Um, he's the founder of Pyre Moss, which is a fashion line um, based out of Brooklyn, New York. But he talked about how Your Friend in New York is an ecosystem that aims to solve problems through inclusive approaches and really looking towards the future of fashion. It's a new way of ensuring that all young Black talent gets a fair shot at entering the industry at large. He was extremely inspiring to listen to in the YouTube series, and I've since followed him on Instagram and just really, I just really vibe with what he's been posting and where he stands and the fight that he's been fighting for a very long time in fashion. He talked about how fashion embodies everything that is wrong with capitalism. He really embodies fashion activism and slowing down and looking at companies and really rethinking what it means to be diverse. One thing I did also like about this Vogue series, I can't remember who said it. Um, I'll have to double check this, but there was this idea that right now in fashion, there's less emphasis on product and more emphasis on emotion and expression than ever before. And that COVID and the pandemic and slowing down is really what we can attribute that to which I think is true. As I was saying, like everyone has made note to say that everyone got to a point where fashion feels and felt so disposable. And we're hoping to get away from that. I do just want to call out some of my personal favorite Black-owned businesses that I've started looking to shop more at at this moment in the podcast. So one of my favorite, as I always like to try and shop vintage or secondhand, is Erica Nicole, A-A-R-I-C-A-N-I-C-H-O-L-E, Vintage on Instagram. I also like Mitra the Label, M-I-T-R-A, The Label. Um, Sunlight Muse is a good one. And then Oak and Acorn is another one that, another business that I have been um, looking to support and shop. Moving along um, to some other points from the Vogue series that I have takeaways from. Oh, I really liked this. So the founder of Pyre Moss, um, Kirby, he talked about how fashion gives us as an industry, we control image and we control self-esteem of people. A lot of times working in fashion, I feel like I'm not doing anything for the world that's like, important like because at the end of the day it's a handbag like it's not going to save a life it's not you know going to impact the world in some great way and I remember actually being home in March and when everything like the world just felt like it was ending honestly like my dad talking to me after I said something at dinner about how like fashion just does nothing for the world. Like it's, it's such a toxic industry and this and that and just feeling like my day in and day out job, I had no point. Like honestly, if I'm, if I'm being candid um, and he was like, that's not a good way to think, especially this young in the industry. Like you have to find purpose in everything that you do, especially, you know, when you want to make this industry your life, this statement, we control image, 
but we also control self-esteem really hit home for me. People, when they get dressed in the morning or when they buy a new handbag, they might feel like I can do anything if I like how I look. And if you can do anything because you like how you look, imagine the amount of change that certain individuals can upbring with that. So I really liked that. And that kind of made me have a more positive outlook on my job and on my industry for the time being, just because it does feel like the world at large, there's so much more happening that's more important. But if there's one thing that I'm taking away from the Vogue series that I've watched the past couple of weeks, it's that we control image, but we also control self-esteem. And when someone's self-esteem is high and when they feel really good in their skin because of what they're wearing or what handbag they bought or what mascara they put on their eyes, they will be more confident in whatever their passion is. And that has really helped me um, continue to find value in what I do. So, you know, after watching those series, like I was saying, I couldn't help but feel like fashion has failed so many times. We've failed every single year in terms of social responsibility. Um, I've mentioned now a couple of times the fashion calendar earlier. We overproduce. We produce too far in advance. You know, we can't keep up with wholesalers' demands. The fashion industry has also failed in terms of diversifying models' body types and creating these unrealistic beauty standards for girls across the world. The industry has failed to amplify voices of Black designers year after year after year. And I do have hope that our generation will make this world a better place. I look around at my circle of colleagues and at my friends, and I know that we can make a change not only in fashion, but in the world. And I don't know about everyone listening, but at times I feel such a sense of like, I don't know what I can do when it seems like hate is rapidly spreading and ruling our country. And these blatant acts of racism and lack of justice and accountability are so overwhelming and makes you feel like you're not doing enough. But I urge everyone listening to have conversations about racism and systematic oppression and have conversations with family and friends. Talk about your own experiences, your own mess ups. Um, I turned to Instagram for a lot of information and I actually found that Jen, Jen Winston, I will tag her Instagram in the show notes on Spotify and on Apple. So you guys can click and check out her graphics that really are helpful. Um, There's one in particular about how to talk about racism with your family that I really found helpful and it gives very good um, tactical steps and that can be applied to friend group, etc. The next few minutes in the episode, I do want to provide tangible action items for anyone listening that you can do this week or this weekend. So first, join a protest, follow Black leaders, and amplify Black voices. March for what you believe in. Two, donate to an organization of your choice. I have donated to Black Lives Matter and Glitz. Black Lives Matter on Instagram is BLK Lives Matter. I've donated there. Always do your homework before you donate. Read up on whatever group it is and understand where your money is going. Number three, since you're already on a podcast listening platform, you can listen to the 1619 podcast that examines the history of American slavery, as well as Black Wall Street in 1921. This podcast was recommended to me actually by a friend, and it talks about the Tulsa race massacre. I always like to talk about 
heavy podcasts after I listen to them with someone because it helps me kind of break down what I just heard. And if I didn't hear something correctly the first time, the conversation might help clarify that. But text a friend, get some coffee and um, talk about both those podcasts when you're done listening. So number four, follow Black Creatives on Instagram. And like this isn't just to say I'm, you should just follow them because he or she is black, but because their feed inspires you. And I do think it's important to see people that might not look like you on your feed, but might look like one of your best friends. So some of my favorite influencers are Dom Roberts, Ella Moore, Asia Jackson, Lisa Anua, and recently Bridget introduced me to Salem Mitchell. I'll link all of their Instagrams as well as others that I follow in the show notes as well. Five, a fifth thing you can do, go out to dinner, order takeout from a Black-owned restaurant in your city. There's, um, you know, obviously there's plenty in New York, but if you're in a smaller town, do some research and figure out ways you can support. Six, watch The 13th on Netflix, or if you've already done that, since that's pretty well-known documentary, watch Paris is Burning. It's on YouTube and it's another very informative documentary. Seven, join the conversation at work. So, For me, this meant joining diversity committees at LVMH and at Marc Jacobs, but start the conversation amongst your coworkers if you don't have a committee. Start it over lunch, be open and honest about problems within your own workplace and talk to coworkers and see if they've noticed things or if they think this conversation should be um, spoken about more at large. Vote, register to vote, mail in your absentee ballot and show up to the polls because that is the most powerful way that we can create change. So last, just to kind of close out this episode, I do have hope for the fashion industry in total. I think that this fashion week and like the lack of excitement that surrounded it, it kind of humbled the industry in a way. And I think that that is and was necessary. This is a time that you can reflect at your own company or within your own friend group or at school and really take a hard look at what diversity looks like in your space and how you can facilitate change. Those are a few tips that I have for you at this moment in time. I truly believe that we are agents of change. If you guys like this episode, let me know and we're happy to kind of do more candid conversations as well. This is just something I really wanted to talk about because it is very important to me and I think, like I said, it would feel inauthentic to not discuss when talking about New York Fashion Week also. Take this time, like Anna Wintour has said, to pause and reflect and think about ways that we can make the fashion industry and the world at large a better place. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Sunday and have a great week ahead. We have a great new episode coming on Thursday. It's an interview between Sam and a very unique guest. So stay tuned. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. To keep up with what's happening on our podcast, follow Raw and Real NYC on Instagram. We post inspo and love showing you what's going on in our lives. Till next time, keep it real.